This is the Rising Tide Startups Podcast, where we chat with startup founders from all over the globe to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Every episode of Rising Tide Startups is sponsored by Podbrand Media. Let Podbrand create and host your company-branded podcast. Learn more at podbrandmedia.com. This is the Rising Tide Podcast, and my guest today is Gina Kotner. Gina, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So I, I'm a little unique, a little different from most podcasters. I mean, they either read the bio or they just ask you to tell tell bio, but mine's a little, my question's a little more specific. So my question I like to ask is, if you and I met at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me? I would say I'm the founder and CEO of Athena Executive Services, and we provide virtual executive assistance for swamped and successful people. So I, you know, I chatted a little bit before I hit the big red record button here that that we are doing a series early 2024 on just kind of the virtual assistant space just as a whole or executive assistant space. So tell me the difference between a VA and an EA. Yeah. Well, I'll give you my interpretation because it is a wild, wild west. That's right all that now. matters because so you're, you're the guest. You're going <laughs> to right. get a bunch of different answers out there. So I would say we are definitely part of the VA industry, virtual assistants. When I founded the company seven and a half years ago, I just decided I wanted to offer what I consider a higher caliber resource. Mm -hmm. So I called them executive assistants, but they're virtual. So we call ours virtual executive assistants, but that's just because I wanted someone who was akin to the person that's sitting on the 40th floor of the downtown high rise outside the door of the CEO, CMO, CTO, CIO, right? Yeah. So somebody who's got a high level of business acumen, professionalism, polish, but maybe you don't need them 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you just need them 10, but you need that something way beyond a task doer, something right. closer to right. like a business partner. So that's what I call an executive assistant. And now there's this whole world of chief of staff. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like, I think of it like any kind of admin assistant, executive assistant, and then you got the chiefs of staff. Okay. Now, so you're talking on site, you're talking virtual, primarily yes. both combination of both. So yes, I've only ever been virtual. So we even pre pandemic before it was forced upon everybody, we mm -hmm. were only ever virtual. But if you you know, I spend maybe three quarters of my year in Seattle. So we got Amazon, we got Starbucks, we got all these mm -hmm. big companies, right? Yep. And if you go to say the Amazon website and you wanted to be an admin, you know, you notice in corporate America, you've got like administrative assistant one, administrative assistant mm, two, yeah. senior administrative assistant. Now you've got low level EA. Oh, we have executive assistant one, executive assistant two, okay. senior executive assistant. And usually, and so I would say the same thing exists in the virtual world that exists in a downtown high rise, a higher level executive assistant might have a one-on-one -on -one partnership with a VP, mm, whereas right. a lower level admin might take care of five directors. So this is a very short data set that I am drawing all these conclusions from, but I said, I'm thinking there's like three pathways to founding like a VA service. One is you were a VA, 
or an EA before, and you just, you know, you, you got so good at it and other people started asking you about it. You started telling them then just kind of grew out of that. The second is you hired one that was really effective and you thought there are other people that could use this service. And the third set is just somebody that's just the serial entrepreneur that says, Hey, this is just a, a hot industry right now. I'm going to jump in the middle of it. Which one of those three would you classify yourself? I am behind door number one. So you were one yeah. and, and just thought, hey, there's a lot of people need this service. Yeah, I I had been a serial entrepreneur and I had this business and that business and this little, I was a solopreneur. Maybe I had one partner along the way. None of them ever really made it. I could mm-hmm. kind of eke by and make a little bit of a living. But I got to a point in my life where I was in the middle of a divorce and it was just financially a little scary and a little messy. And, and I just said, I can't be an entrepreneur anymore. There's just no, I need, I need a job. Yeah. I need to show up somewhere, do some work for somebody. I need it to not be too crazy stressful. And then I need some money to show up in my bank account. And that needs to happen like now, <laughs> you know, I went to a lot of private school in Seattle and private college and all these things. I, it was not my parents' dream for obviously for me to become an executive assistant. But I, I saw somebody posting on Facebook and I, and I knew this person and I thought, oh, she's a good person. I'll go be her executive assistant. I bet I could do that. I'd be good at that. And so I did. I just was an EA and we were in an office. This was probably, oh, 2011, 12, mm-hmm. somewhere yep. in there. And um, she sold the office space. She ran in a, she was a CEO. She ran a recruiting firm and we all worked from home. Hmm. So the recruiters worked from home. I worked from home. She and worked she from home. And she was cutting edge before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. She was like, she, she was like, we don't need to pay rent. And it was true. You know, it was, and I thought, I like this. And I, I mean, what it takes in Seattle or any other middle big size, what it takes to get yourself all ready for work and then go sit in traffic. Yeah. And then work. And then time I was like, I had my little trench coat, my little laptop bag. I was on the bus. I was on the bus for like an hour and a half. And it's like, this is for the birds. So I loved working from home. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And then um, her business kind of fizzled out and she didn't need me anymore. And at right about the same time, my father was passing away. Mm-hmm. And I went and spent that chapter, last chapter of his life with him. And I came back home and I mourned and I was just quiet for a while. And a few months later, I just started, I thought, okay, I'm, I'll go find a CEO. I'll go find another CEO and I'll be an EA, but work from home a lot. Yeah. And I rustled the bushes and asked all my friends who, you know, who, you know, who, you know, and somebody said, you know, our CEO at my company needs you. And so I got connected and I was happy working from home, went into his office, maybe once a week, cleaned up his office, opened all of his mail. Went back mm-hmm. home, worked the rest of the week. And then she said to me, she was kind of running HR in that department. She said, well, I, I'm I'm going to need you next year. So you can just plan for that. And I said, well, I'm full. I'm not. Oh, I, you're out of luck. I, I'm happy with the CEO guy. And she goes, okay, well, don't worry about it. Just find me somebody like you. Isn't that an interesting business idea starter? <laughs> Thinker. Stinker. So her name was Tiffany. And I was like, Oh, Tiffany. And I'd known her for a long time. And we had a lot of friends in common. And so kind of we did put our heads together. And we thought of somebody. And her name was Dorian. She's one of the two managers that run my company today. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then she was, you know, she was maybe 25, 26, 27 years old. And she had had one job her entire adult life. She still lived at home. She was not going to move out of her home till she got married. 
And I said, Tiffany, I think Dorian could be good, but we can't mess up her life. She's this, she's still young and you gotta be a good client and I'll coach her. She said, okay, we're gonna pay you a little spiff, like a little commission for every hour that Dorian works for me, you coach her and we're gonna pay you a little extra for that. I thought, oh, okay, that's fine, we did that. And Dorian and I were happy and we all just, Dorian was down in LA and Tiffany and I were up in Seattle. And then a few months later, she came to me and she said, the directors of our firm waste way too much time on admin work. And by the way, you need to open this as a business. And I said, I've already been an entrepreneur. I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. It's just way too risky. And she just said, get over yourself and go open this thing and find me somebody else. And voila, what year did Athena open? 2016. So you, you were pre-pandemic. You were operating for three or four years and then boom, pandemic happened. So Walk us through just a, a quick growth curve from the time you started in 2016 to maybe what it even looks like today. Yeah. So we grew. So in terms of money, uh, gross revenue, we were growing 30 to 40% every year on top of every year mm -hmm. in the beginning. Yeah, It was good, but I was still trying to figure out how to get paid. You know, mm -hmm. it's like on paper, it looked like really, really successful. But I was like, but why do I feel like I still have to like move? I have to do a shell game, like my personal money and then this money and then that yeah. money. And we'll push, push this money back here to make yeah. this payroll. And until finally things kind of, there was enough cash flow that it could pay for everything. It's really funny. I did this five-year goal planning with my coach. And I said, in year one, we'll make 100000 In year two, we'll make two hundred and three and 300 and four and 405 and 500. And I thought, well, that's pretty basic. But I didn't, how else do you go goal setting? You sort of just make it up. And that's pretty much how it went. It just went like that, like 30, 40% gain year over year over year. Now, COVID hit. And me, so meanwhile, I'm finding more EAs and I'm finding more clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm pairing up the EAs and the clients and the EAs and the clients and eventually work myself out of a job because I was not wasn't like my life's goal to manage people's calendars and inboxes, right. you know, so there was the growing of the amount of clients, the growing of the amount of staff and then the growing of the revenue. Now, then 2020 hits and the pandemic hits and we lose 40 percent of our clients mm. and in maybe the first four months and they were all the newest clients so they were all the people that i would say were not yet married to their ea you know maybe still in the honeymoon phase yep. and and recently had lived without an ea so they weren't now addicted like i'm now addicted to my ea mm -hmm. you know i will never ever book my own flights ever again i will you know <laughs> i just am like oh there's so much stuff she does i will never ever ever do that again they weren't to that point yet you know they were still kind of new with their ea mm -hmm. so i lose 40 percent of the clients and i'm scared i'm kind of just like every other business owner in the early pandemic and then it started to heat up because now I didn't have to convince people of how great it is to work from home and have yep. people working from home. Yep. Now people were like, oh my God, we got to learn how to work from home. Mm -hmm. Oh, you all, you guys already do that? Oh, by the way, could you teach us? Like, mm -hmm. what do I need to do? We started becoming like, well, yeah, this is all we've ever done. Oh, we, we got this. Just come along and we'll, it'll be painless. You know, we'll, we'll make it easy for you. And then the pandemic just threw gas on the fire. Yep. 
then we grew kind of like, I just had to keep the train on the track. Mm -hmm. Um, there were times in 2021 and 2022 where we just, we had to like literally stop selling, you know, we just, we've had a wait list. Yeah. Yeah. We'd that's start a wait list. a nice just, problem to you know. have. And if, exactly. you, if you have the staff to, to meet that, but what is your big differentiator? Like if you had to just identify one thing, what makes Athena unique? What is its USP? Yeah, I think it is the, well, is what it makes it unique for a, a a prospect or a potential client. And I think it is that high caliber nature that mm -hmm. you're going to get a business partner who's going to go, Kevin, you know that thing that I keep seeing you move on your calendar? Okay, should we just tell the truth about that? You know, are you never going to get to the gym this week? Or are you going to get to the gym this week, right? Like somebody who's got the confidence and the polish to really be your partner in all your goals. Mm -hmm. Now, what's unique on the back end is that part of why we're able to do that is because they, on, if you were an EA with us, you have a performance coach and you have a team. So that EA might be sitting at her dining room table in Kansas City. But if she gets in the weeds today with you, she's got a coach. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's another very unique part yeah. of it. At Navicus, we know you spend far too much time on administrative tasks. Let us take those off your plate so you can focus on the highest value activities in your business. We have highly trained, highly vetted specialists ready to take on those administrative responsibilities at an affordable and effective rate. Check us out at Navicus.com, proud sponsor of Rising Tide Startups podcast. So, I mean, we, we hear about VA use cases all the time. I mean, here's the five things that they are really good at. Or, But what are some, I, I'm more interested in like the unique use cases that you don't hear about. So what are what are one or two from your experience use cases for, and, and let's talk primarily about virtual assistants right now as we're instead of executive assistants. So what are, what are one or two, uh, you, you know, use cases that you could identify that you say, you, you know, you probably wouldn't even think about this, but this is what this, these yeah. are things they can do. Yeah. We fell into an interesting niche, um, which was with financial advisors. Mm. And it was just cause we happened to have one mm -hmm. and he loved us and he went on to become a kind of a big guru. And I wasn't, I wasn't looking for us to do this, but he even said early on, he goes, Gina, you know, your people, do all this back-end paperwork that yeah. all of us financial advisors need. And do you know we pay out the nose for that? You're talking um, research thought, primarily? you talking outreach to new clients? What are you talking about? All that paperwork that you might deal with with your financial advisor. So every year, you know, I've got to meet with my financial advisor and maybe there's a required mandatory distribution that I've got to take. Uh, okay, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I have all my money with Charles Schwab from my company that I just worked at, but now I'm over here and we need to move it. Mm. It's all the, what I call like client care back end yeah. paperwork yeah. that they need to do. Now your average financial advisor, they just want to go find the next client, go find the next client, mm -hmm. go find the next client, prepare for them, prepare for them. But they don't want to get bogged down. It's like the real estate industry, which mm -hmm. we haven't gone into, but there's just so much paperwork and somebody has got to make sure that aunt Mabel signed on line 32 yeah. and yeah. not on line 33. And that financial advisor is not making a dollar until that paperwork gets signed and that money gets moved. So it's a very interesting thing we fell into. So we became EAs for a lot of financial advisors. It's just kind of a unique little 
little bubble. And then I one day said, well, they are really smart and they are very detail oriented. So I'm not going to say we know anything about the financial advisor industry, but if you, Mr. or Miss financial advisor, want to mm-hmm. train your EA yeah. in how to do that back in paperwork, they can certainly it. do it. Yeah. And they did it. Mm-hmm. And this other weird, not weird, just unique thing is that we also will allow you to hire away your EA for mm-hmm. a fee, conversion fee. And I was just talking to my managers last week and I said, you know, if we look at all the people that have been bought away from us, they're almost all people who started doing that kind of work, Mm -hmm. that more in-depth work for a financial advisor. Now they could do it for a real estate agent. They could do it, you know, because it starts off email and inbox and all of that. And then you realize, oh, they could do anything that was detail oriented. You know, a lot of them do work for people who are podcasters or they, mm-hmm. you know, they're financial advisors, but they also have a podcast. Right. So then it's right. But they've never done that before. So now somebody has got to go find all the research that there yep. is to do to get that puppy off Learn the ground. Although, you know, Alice in your EA, she's never done that before, but they are such a, they're such a figure it out kind of mm-hmm. person. I think that that's a great description. I think of, of BAs on, on my very limited experience for sure is a, it's figure outable for sure. What is your uh, what's your area of focus this year? Like what if Athena had we got two big pillars we're chasing this year? What are they? Yeah, good. Should ask me in six weeks after our retreat, but <laughs> <laughs> but we are or maybe so industries, I guess. Yeah, we one thing we did also learn about doubling down with financial advisors is we don't want to get too niche. Mm. So like in the beginning of 2023, when there was all the debt ceiling issue, mm-hmm. whenever all my financial advisors get scared, they then that track. reduces our yeah. business flow, yeah. right? So we don't want to niche any really where, but I think that um, for us, I'm going to call it succession planning light, mm-hmm. meaning my managers someday will likely take this business. And so we're, mm-hmm. we have been closing the gap between their knowledge and ability to deliver every single aspect of this business. Yeah. And then my brain, I don't hold much. I only work 10 hours a week. They really do run the whole thing, but there are a few views and, and intuitions and looking that I have mm-hmm. that they don't quite have yet. And they're hungry for it and I'm hungry to give it to them. But I consider myself a professional delegator and I still, it's um, kind of nebulous. You know, how do you take what is instinctively like, no, you should call our attorney about that. Now, why do I say that? And how do I have them think from where I think from? Mm-hmm. So I'd say they do that about 90% of the time, but I think in 2024, we'll definitely be closing more and more of that gap between being a manager and thinking from where an owner thinks from. Yep. And that has such and a broad application. Me, sorry, go ahead. That has such broad application. I mean, it is, it is not industry specific. It could be across the, the map, you know, in exactly. applications. Exactly. So. And they keep threatening to write a book. So I think we're writing a book, but we'll see. I'm going to let them drive that. There you go. (laughs) So give me me one big surprise since you kind of started ventured out on your own as the the founder CEO that, you know, just you just weren't prepared for. But also give me one big win, you know, that that was kind of an unexpected win. Yeah, I think um, a big win. I called it like my pandemic project 
um, was to create my first manager Hmm. where I took one of the best quote unquote staff that we had, one of the best EAs that we had. And I said, would you like a little more stake in this company? And she said, I was just saying to my husband the other day, I'd really like to do more for Athena. And I was like, well, come along, Miss Jennifer. So in the summer of 2020, I developed her, I, I turned over the sales process to her, which was a, a massive training for me. Yeah. And um, trust. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was just the greatest. She's just extraordinary. I, I mean, I don't, I feel like, no, you shouldn't even talk to me about our business. You should talk to Jennifer about her business. <laughs> like, God, she's so great. So that was a huge win. And I think, uh, I don't know if I, this is a definitely a challenge. It, mm-hmm. It's, um, and I have had some scary moments. I mean, there were some moments where I thought this plane is going right into the ground. It's like yeah. fall of 2018. And I just thought, we, I don't even know how we're going to get this plane up off the ground again. Mm. Um, and I went run into my business coach and he's like, well, what's your conversion rate? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he goes, well, don't you have a CRM? I do. Well, it should tell you. Well, I can't. I don't really want to take the time to figure it out. Eh. And he said, okay, I don't care if you use a post-it note. I don't care if you use a piece of paper. I don't care if you use software. You have got to start tracking your conversion rate. Mm. Figure out how many conversations do you have to have to have an initial call? How many initial calls do you have to have to produce a complimentary consultation session? How many complimentary consultation sessions do you have to have to produce a client? So I tracked that for like three months and it made a world of difference. And I fought it the whole, I fought it the whole way. Yeah. And another weird thing, it's just kind of a, I don't know, it's not good. It's not bad, but it's odd. We just talked about this two days ago, me and my managers. And I said, you guys, we are so weird that we have this conversation. There are some clients who, you know, you think they're going to be great and they could turn out to not be great. They're not jerks. You know, if somebody's mm-hmm. a jerk, I will actually fire them because mm-hmm. you don't get to be jerky with my people. But they're just kind of fizzling out. Like for whatever reason, either they're not quite organized enough to be able to use an EA or they've got life situations going mm-hmm. on and they're just not utilizing their EA very much. And we're kind of giving them like a very gracious, wide open door to go, mm-hmm. which feels really weird. You know, like, because you, when you're building a company, you don't want anybody to go, except it's like, you know what? I don't know that these people really need what we're offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got to be, it's got to fit. Yeah. And we're to the level of maturity now where we can say that, you know mm-hmm. what? We're giving you this great resource we have. If you're not really going to use them, we kind of just like them back because yeah. we got, yeah, we got people, lots of places to right. use them. So we're, we're in a funny place where every now and then we go, you know, let's have these two people leave graciously, but leave as friends and fans, but let's see if they'd like to go. And they may circle back in a year, you know, when they're a little exactly. slightly different place, for sure. You leave on good terms. Don't burn the boats. But No, is there, exactly. Was there somebody that you looked up to online that you followed online that was maybe a little ahead of you in the journey when you first started doing this? No, not at that time, but I will say or now. there were some, in- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, this is who I would have followed, I mm-hmm. think is uh, the, the author that I read in, when I left corporate America, originally, I was working for IBM 
for that was kind of my big corporate job. And when I finally decided I'm going to be an entrepreneur was after I read Robert Kiyosaki's second book. Right. So he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. For those of us who were all in our early 30s, 20 years ago, right? Mm. <laughs> he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it was crazy popular. But then his next book was called Cashflow Quadrant. Yep. And I think, I don't know that I'm a huge Robert Kiyosaki fan, but that book taught me these quadrants of being an employee versus being self-employed mm -hmm. versus being a business owner versus being an investor. Yeah. And I think that planted the seeds of, okay, it's okay to be an employee and it's okay to be self-employed, but boy, someday, Gina Kotner, you want to be a business owner mm -hmm. that actually owns a company that has systems. So that was particularly influential. And there was a, like a chapter in that book that said it was called something about make disappointment your friend or something like that. And and there was a paragraph in there that basically said, listen, you might as well jump because you're going to be disappointed. Disappointment comes with this journey. And I was like, oh, once I realized that, I was like, okay, I can deal with some disappointment. Yep. Yeah. I have dealt with it in other areas of my life. So that's I haven't died. That's yeah, right. I died due to disappointment. Oh, okay. Yeah. And rather than should I go? Do I have mm -hmm. a good idea? Is it perfect enough? No, it, just go. There mm. is going to be disappointment along the way, but just start swimming. <laughs> I love that. And our, our first reference to Nemo then <laughs> in the podcast episode. Yeah. So, as we're kind of wrapping up today, you know, you've had a, a track record since the mid 2000s, you know getting, you know, leading a company and through the ups and downs. So what are just one or two just really quick points that you think would be would be germane to anybody that's behind you, you know, on the journey that would be regardless of what they're trying to lead, they're trying to start a business that, you know, what are just one or two key points that, that you've learned along the way that you think would be helpful to for them to hear? Yeah, I think um, I think I had to trust people. So, internally or externally uh, or both externally i mean we've got this phrase right trust and verify mm -hmm. it's a lot like that right you gotta you gotta trust people um to do their job and it doesn't mean you're not going to look you know i trust my managers mm -hmm. and then i inspect i trust my staff and then i go check it out i trust and and that's a big one and and i read some article or saw some headline that said how so many ceos are b students and I thought, oh, thank God, because <laughs> I, I really I was a B people. student. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was a B student. I was like a B plus student. And I thought, yeah. oh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. That is partly why I'm a CEO is I know 85% of a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's HR, a great description. money, accounting, people management. And I am not an A plus student in any of it, but that's yeah. okay. And that that may be two right there. I mean, you may have given yeah. us two in, in your little. That's right. Be, yeah. Being a B, B plus student is great. That's right. <laughs> exactly. This is this. I I love this conversation and and just you know the way you kind of shared in different you know from different perspectives and different viewpoints and and uh, kind of wrap this up for us. But is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you think? You know, you'd just like to share with our audience that, that you know, do want to know more about the VA space, the EA space that you think might just kind of wrap this up today and then just tell people where they can find you online. Yeah, I mean, I, 
it is the VA space right now is the wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. So whatever people call it, where you find it, how you get it, 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 you're going to get a different story from everybody. So, you know, just start looking um, and you will learn the different things that are out there. What's overseas, the U.S. based agencies or like you have what you have is what I call the unicorn. Somebody Mm -hmm. they're out there. They'd be perfect, but you got to go find them. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot out there going on in the space, but just start. You know, because the sooner you start turning over some things, the better you'll get at it and yep. the better you'll figure out what you actually want. And then in terms of our services, really, our website is a great resource, AthenaExecutiveServices.com. And uh, if you do want to chat with somebody, I'm sure there's I think there's a variety of buttons on there that will ask you okay. if you want to learn more. And if you do, you'll get connected to my awesome manager, Jennifer Tracy, and you can even just pick her brain and be like, I don't even know if I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. Here are my symptoms, doctor. Yeah. And she'll go, yep, you're ready or nope, you should come back in six months or what have you. So there you go. Have fun with it. Well, we'll make sure that those are those are in the show notes. And uh, this is like we talked earlier, this is going live early 2024. And um, looking forward to this series. You're, you're the first entry in the uh, VA sweepstakes. So we're <laughs> We are going to uh, head down this path as, as long, like I told you, as long as I can find, you know, good quality oh, guests to, to chat about and uh, to, to chat about the space, because I think it is so, um, it's kind of like the zeitgeist. I mean, it really is what it, the, the current topic that is kind of on everybody's, everybody's mind today. But uh, Gina, thanks again for just taking time today and just sharing with our audience and really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great week. Thanks, Kevin. You too. I hope you heard some great takeaways from our guests today. Make sure you reach out to them and thank you again for playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.